growing green to generate more green. Welcome to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman. Each week, we plant the conversational seeds about cultivation and the changing climate of cannabis culture. We'll peel back the layers of benefits of the world's most versatile plant, from food to fuel, from remedy to resource. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents The Grow Show with your host, multi-award-winning grow master and respected cannabis consultant, Kyle Cushman. Hello and welcome to the Montreal Expo Stadium circa 1980. This is The Grow Show on CannabisRadio.com, and I am your host, Kyle Cushman. Today, we're bringing a little bit of Hollywood your way. I'm pleased to welcome to the show Brett Rapkin, director of the new film Spaceman, starring Josh Dumel. It's based on a true story. Brett tells the tale of Bill Spaceman Lee, a former Major League left-handed pitcher who graced the cover of High Times Magazine in 1980 and was dubbed Baseball's Stoniest Southpaw. This film is a collaboration between the minds that created other iconic gritty features such as Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Bull Durham, and White Men Can't Jump. It portrays the life of an imperfect counterculture icon who unapologetically loves weed, living life, and most of all, playing baseball. Brett is here with us today to talk about Spaceman, which drops August 19th, so be sure to mark that on your calendar. And we're also going to talk a little bit about the role that entertainment industry plays in normalizing the use of cannabis. Welcome to The Grow Show, Brett Rapkin. Thanks for taking the time today. Thank you. So now, before we get to the movie, let's talk a little bit about the work you've done that led up to Spaceman hitting the big screen. Your original piece on Lee, titled Spaceman, A Baseball Odyssey, was an acclaimed documentary which is also the first ever independent film to air on the MLB network. And your translation of his story from a documentary into a narrative feature film resulted in your first major motion picture. So what it is about his story that made you want to not just create a feature film, but make that film your signature entry into the nonfiction film industry? Yeah. And spend five, six years doing it. Uh, it's a good question. <laughs> I, uh, well, first of all, I love Bill. Um, in the course of doing the documentary, you know, I spent a week in Florida and Cuba with him traveling around and getting to know each other. That was the first time we had met. That was 2002, 2003. Wow. Somewhere in there. And then eventually we got the film done and, and released it and spent a lot of time together, you know, promoting the documentary back in, it came out in 2005. But then, you know, I got to know Bill and his family and he got to know mine and, you know, we've spent time together everywhere from Puerto Rico to New York to L.A. to you name it. And so I, I really got to know his voice, I think, and it's such a unique voice and right. a lot of for some of what he's about. But this particular part of his saga, because the documentary was really like his whole life up to him still pitching at 57. And at the time, I was like, come on, guys, we got to go shoot something with this guy because he's 57. He might not be pitching much longer. Now he's, right. he'll be 70 in December, and he's still pitching. Wow. But, uh, he's playing in the senior leagues now. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. I mean, he played against uh, the high-time bong hitters in Central Park Monday night and hit, hit a home run. And yeah, Wow. I mean, putting, putting everything else aside, the fact that he's still throwing a baseball, you know, throwing strikes, not softball, but hardball as he approaches 70 is in itself mind-boggling it is you know i mean i've seen a i see a lot of old people out on the tennis courts i don't see a whole lot of people out on the baseball diamond that's that's really pretty cool 
You know, I just am curious. It's been said that Bill Lee is the big Lebowski of baseball. Do you agree with that observation? I mean, I think there's some parallels there. I mean, they're both guys that, you know, I think lived, lived on their own terms, lived according to their own set of principles. And then obviously there's the, the reefer connection. Sure. I see that. Now, you said before that Josh Dumel, who plays Lee in the movie, was the perfect spaceman. How did it come about that he was cast for the role of Bill Lee? You know, at some point we had raised enough money that we felt, or at least I felt like, you know what, let's enough time trying to raise money for this independent film. Let's go make an independent film. Let's go find the cast and the crew and actually shoot this thing and see what happens. And we hired a wonderful casting director named Donna Morong who's a veteran out here in Los Angeles. And we just went through the process, you know, and a lot of times with, especially these, these bigger actors, and you don't necessarily get to meet with them. You kind of have to offer them the role. And, you know, sometimes they don't even get back to you. But I think with Josh, I re-looked at some of his stuff and with sort of fresh eyes and saw somebody who was, you know, six three and a half, six four, athletic, charming, with incredible chops and, with an incredible, um, you know, natural charm that I thought would lend itself well to, you know, Bill's California roots and vibe. And we were, I was fortunate enough to get a chance to have breakfast with Josh and he had been looking for a sports movie or, you know, I think doing a sports movie is something he maybe had always wanted to do. And he was now at the time he was 42 and interesting comes a script where, you know, it's somebody who's, you know, he, he knew he wasn't going to play a rookie. You know, it had to be someone at the, you know, later in their major league career. And this script landed on his desk. And I think, you know, we, we fooled him into thinking we could do a good job with it. (laughs) Well, I think it's a great choice. I watched the trailer and I'm totally intrigued. Looking forward to seeing the, the whole film myself. How does Lee feel about the movie and your portrayal of his story? We really didn't know how Bill was going to respond to it. You know, I think it was it was a concern that we, we had. And, you know, as Josh says, it's one thing to do something about someone who's still alive, but Bill's still alive and kicking and, and really honest about, you know, Bill doesn't pull any punches. So that was sort of a risk we took in, in making this thing. And luckily we were able to, he came to set one day and got to be in a scene. He's got a good little hidden cameo in there that people will enjoy trying to find him in and got to meet the cast and crew and, uh, Josh and his family, you know, came back in the evening and we had a, a little rap party and had Budweiser beers and pizza out in the parking lot. Nice. Uh, just Little League Field we were shooting at. So Bill got, you know, got to meet everybody then. And then we showed it to him a couple months ago. We were up in Montreal for this Expos Fest that they threw. And, and I think he was very moved by it. I think that he, he feels that we, you know, picked uh, the right guy in Josh. To, um, he loves talking about how much Josh's ass is in the movie. And uh, I think, you know, Bill, as he watched the end of the movie, tears were rolling. So, oh, that's um, really awesome. That's really awesome from yeah. a guy who's had such a great career and who obviously is really proud of his career. Kudos to you for making the man cry. <laughs> this is a great conversation. I want to have some more with you. We have to take a quick break to give our sponsors some Grow Show love, but we'll be right back with some more Brett Rapkin. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman will return once we cultivate through this short commercial break. 
Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers, from a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. (sighs) Cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase, and it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Tommy Chong Show on Cannabis Radio. You know about this podcast. What I really want to do from now on is to solve world problems. I feel like my job is to calm everybody down and focus on how we can save this planet. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. Time to plant some more conversational seeds. You're listening to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to The Grow Show on CannabisRadio.com. We are talking with Hollywood director Brett Rapkin of the movie Spaceman. It's about Bill Lee, an ex-major leaguer who is still pitching to this day in his 70s. I really suggest that people uh, do a little Google search on Bill Lee. I did, and it'd be funny to hear what came up. It says that just yesterday on a radio sports show, Bill Lee said, and I quote, in 1972, he smoked a joint with George W. Bush. Have you heard anything about that story, Brett? Yeah, I've heard that story before, and... You know, I don't doubt it. Bill's got a pretty good memory, so uh, I'll defer to him on that. But he's been around. The guy, I mean, the schedule he keeps is incredible. And his wife, Diana, is a saint for keeping up with him. But he's just constantly on the road. I mean, today he's in Boston. Last night he was in Boston for the Red Sox game. The night before, he was in New York for this High Times bong hitters game in Central Park. The night before that, he was at Pearl Jam at Fenway. I know next week he's going to come join us in Boston some events around the, the world premiere, so it's incredible. The guy's a, a road warrior. I don't know yeah, man. Is. You know what they say, behind every great man is a great woman, and behind every damned man is a damn woman. That's <laughs> right. Bill's had a few great women behind him. He's, he's burned That's through right. a few in his day. 
That's great. You know, the spaceman doesn't shy away from Lee's weed use. And in one scene, he's referenced using it to help with anxiety. Do you know if he still uses cannabis medicinally or recreationally? I think that he enjoys, if anything, edibles at this point. Very good. I don't know how much smoking he does at this point. But, you know, it's interesting in, in regards to the, the marijuana use in the movie. We didn't want it to be, you know, it was just, it's part of who he is. It's part of his, his personality. We didn't want it to be over the top. And in one of these movies where at the end, he's like, oh, I'm giving up smoking weed. And, you know, it was just, it's, it's part of who he was and what he did. And, you know, as there's a line in the movie where as he's getting released from the expo, the general manager says, you know, you're, you've always been in favor of expanding your mind. And it's true. I mean, mm-hmm. Bill, as he says, you know, he's always been in favor of drug testing in sports. Throughout the 70s, he tried them all. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, this definitely is not a stoner movie. It's just about a man who you know, stood up for being himself, and he wasn't shy about speaking his mind. You know, the entertainment industry historically has played a huge part in the normalization of marijuana by depicting stoners in every walk of life, from slackers to sports stars. How do you feel personally about the legalization of cannabis? You know, I think I think it benefits a lot of people. I think that, you know, definitely, I think alcohol is a lot more damaging than cannabis, and alcohol is available on, you know, every corner of America. And I think that cannabis does a lot of good for a lot of people medicinally. I think, like, anything else, it needs to be done in moderation. Although, as Bill Lee says, everything in moderation, including moderation. Oh, I don't but, believe uh, it. He really said that? That's, like, one of my favorite sayings. I thought I made it up. You may have. He may have gotten it from you. I don't know where he got it, but got it somewhere. <laughs> Not so. the first part, everything in moderation. It's the second part that I added, including moderation. Yeah. We'll have to see where that originated. Maybe it's you. I'm not saying it's not. Uh, I'm, I'm just kidding. But I, to me, that's the important part, you know, because every once in a while you got to say, you know, what the heck? You can't be always be a stick in the mud worrying about how many calories you're eating, right? That's right. Well, you know – it's needless to say that Billy's story has been a key influence in your life and career, and you've obviously devoted a lot of time to telling his incredible story. What future projects are in the works for you? What does life after Spaceman look like? That's a good question. I got a couple of things. I think I'm going to do a series for Showtime. Last year, they followed Notre Dame football throughout the season, behind the scenes, all week long, all kinds of access and this year they're doing it with Florida State, so I think I'm going to help out with that. Cool. I'm not going to be in Tallahassee shooting too much, but I'm going to I'm going to work with the editors here in LA to uh, help shape the story along with a a great team. And for my next film, I, I got the rights to the the life story of Pistol Pete Maravich, the uh, legendary LSU and NBA Hall of Famer. I've written a script, and uh, I'd love to do that next sometime in the spring. Very nice. We're looking forward to it. We have a little bit of time left for a couple of final questions. First, does Billy still put pot in his pancakes? <laughs> I don't know if Bill actually ever put pot in his pancakes. I think that, you know, Bill loved to have fun with the media and say things that were, you know, that would get a reaction. And I think that, you know, that quote about putting the weed on his pancakes was, was, was one that might have been more about getting a reaction than, his actual way of ingesting the cannabis, but so a little artistic liberty in the movie. 
Yeah, a little artistic liberty. Look, I mean, it's a movie, and I mean, the amazing thing is how much there, there's so many absurd things in the movie, and it's amazing how many of them actually are true. And that was part of what attracted me towards, you know, writing this script was like, you know, he really did do so many things. He really did, you know, when when he gets released from the expo, the the GM of the expo has walked into his office and finds. Bill Lee sitting in the dark on his desk meditating, you know, at Olympic Stadium. And, like, that actually happened. You know, we didn't make that up. So if there's, you know, 100 absurd things in the movie, like 99% of them are true. I'm really looking forward to it. And I think before we go, I'd like it if you would just give us a little synopsis and just tell us a little bit about the plot. Who is Bill Spaceman Lee and what happened to his MLB career? Well, in the context of, of the movie Spaceman, this is the story of, of Bill Lee, an outspoken left-handed pitcher in the twilight of his career, looking to hang on for a few more years, who arrives to the ballpark to find that uh, one of his teammates named Rodney Scott, who's played in the movie by uh, the gentleman who played Christopher Darden in the OJ show, has been released from the team. Sterling K. Brown is the actor's name, wonderful mm-hmm. actor is up for an Emmy for the OJ series. Mm-hmm. And Bill decides, you know, what's he going to do? Is he going to talk to management? You know, what he decides to do is go into the, uh, the manager's office, tear his jersey in half, leave a note saying, I'm across the street at the bar. Come get me if you want me. Goes over there, has six or seven beers in uniform, shoots some pool. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the bartender in that scene played by Eric Gagne, the former Dodger Cy Young winner, who's one of our executive producers. Oh, cool. And Bill goes back to the ballpark and says, I'm ready to pitch. And, you know, lo and behold, they release him the next day. And, and little little known to him, you know, at least in, in the way he recalls things, he was blacklisted from the major mm-hmm. leagues at that point. There was no other team that was going to touch him. So he didn't know it. So And he wanted to keep playing with such a big part of his identity. So he wrote letters to every other team, first in the National League, because he wanted to be able to continue to hit, which you can't do in the American League. Correct. And then he wrote letters to the whole American League, and the only people that responded were the Pittsburgh Pirates, who said, absolutely, we need help. You know, we're, we're desperate to have left-handed pitching, but we got enough problems without you, buddy. <laughs> um, that, was the one, that was the one response he did receive. Uh-huh. And you know, he gets a knock on his door from these two French-Canadians, who have a senior league across the river in Longueuil, Quebec. And they, they tell him they'd love to have him come join them. And I think, you know, the middle of the story is really about Bill's ego. It's about, you know, whether his ego will allow him to play somewhere that's not the, it's not, it's not the major league. It's not the minor league. It's the senior league. So he eventually goes and checks it out, mostly because he's just bored. And Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters, among a, a bunch of other Great actors are the uh, his long day team, and eventually he embraces that. You know what? This isn't the Dodgers, it's not the Expos, it's not the Red Sox. It's the long day Senators of the Men's Quebec Senior League, but they want to have me. The sun's shining; I can get out there and break a sweat and have some fun, and let's do it. And that led to door number two, which has allowed him to keep playing ball to this very day as he approaches seventy. Yeah, man, that's great that stuff. The, that was one of the best synopses I've ever given. 
Like, that is great that stuff, was- you know, and I just want to say to my listeners out there, <laughs> if you uh, enjoy biographical dramas or, or sports movies, this is a real good one to go see. Once again, a big thanks to Mr. Brett Rapkin for coming on The Grow Show. We have to take a minute to show our sponsors some more love. But before we go, Brett, can you tell our listeners when and where they can see Spaceman? Yeah, Spaceman's coming out in theaters in 15 major North American markets, August 19th. Austin, L.A., San Francisco, New York, all over the country. You can go to spacemanthefilm.com. There's a list of theaters and links. And then it's going to be on VOD. It's the same day. It's going to be on iTunes and, I believe, DirecTV and Time Warner and all those places where you'd go to download movies. So, uh, Great, man. Check it That's out. That's fantastic. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Good luck with the growing. Okay. Thank you, Brett. So don't go anywhere, friends. We'll be right back with more of The Grow Show. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman will return once we cultivate through this short commercial break. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be. The Vuber way. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him, pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. Cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or 8 years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Time to plant some more conversational seeds. You're listening to The Grow Show with Kyle Gushman. Only on CannabisRadio.com. 
And it's time now for Ask Kyle, where I answer your cannabis cultivation questions. You can send me your questions to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash The Grow Show, and I'll answer them here on the show. Now, our first question today is from Will B on Facebook, and he writes, how do you kill root aphids without killing the plant? That's a good question, Will, because I guess killing the plant would just defeat the whole purpose. That's actually an easy fix. Spinosad. Spinosad is an all-natural insecticide, and it's available in a product called Monterey Garden Spray with Spinosad. And one root drenching or two at the most usually gets rid of those root aphids. They're not as tough as you think they are. So our next question we have is from Stephen Hempkin, who follows The Grow Show on Facebook, and he sent us a pretty lengthy letter, but what he shares with us is pretty remarkable. So let's see. Stephen writes, Dear Kyle, I have suffered with Crohn's disease for over 10 years. Last Christmas, I had a bad flare-up. Doctors basically sent me home over Christmas with little hope. January 3rd, I began heavily smoking cannabis, and by January 6th, my life had been totally restored. The stuff is magic. It basically gave me my life back, something the doctors have been trying to accomplish for over a decade, and all I needed was a plant. The world is mad, but hey, the truth is finally gathering speed. Well, there you go. There's a personal uh, recommendation for Crohn's disease, and I'm really, really happy to hear that uh, you discovered marijuana. And it goes on to say, I have two questions. Number one, I've been told to dry my buds at least 10 to 14 days and then cure for two weeks. I've also read people drying their buds for five to six days, then curing to preserve the oils. What is the best for a well-grown crop with juicy colas as I have a clear vision to produce premium bud? Well, you know, when you read on the internet, you know, there's all different kinds of ways to go down the same road, you know, go down a different road and end up at the same place. I prefer the 10 to 14 day dry. But it's really going to depend on your environment and your atmosphere. And that's a lot of reasons why you get so many differing opinions, especially on drying and curing. You're going to have a hard time getting your buds to stay moist for 10 to 14 days if you're drying in Colorado or Arizona, for example, without humidification. So if you're going to do the short dry, the five to six day, you're going to have to do a lot of burping, as they say. You know, you're only going to be able to leave it closed for 12 hours, maybe, and then constantly continue to burp it. So that's a little more labor intensive. I kind of prefer the 10 to 14 day cure, burp it once or twice and just nail it, just like canning in the old days. You know, you just got to fill it right at the right time with the right product and then just leave it alone for uh, two weeks, check it once. Two weeks, check it again, and if uh, you smell candy after those two checks, you can pretty much put that away in your bud cellar for as long as you like. The second question is, when it comes to training, what is the most effective way of getting big yields? I believe environmental factors are the key, so I have everything down to a T. Before I start, however, I've read many different methods, once again, and wanted to keep it as simple as possible. So I looked at a few and came up with what I thought would be best suited. At this stage, can you correct me if I'm wrong, please? And he sent a photo showing how he had topped at the fourth or fifth node and then tied everything down even, and that is traditional super cropping. Everybody can go to my Facebook page, and I have a pretty good photo album on super cropping and it shows you how to clean each node up to the tip a week before flowering and basically just leave all the leaves and get rid of all the nodes and then as the plant vegetates for the last week and transitions into flowering you'll have your six seven eight node colas and you'll have evened out all your plants think a candelabra kind of scrog 
So you tie everything down, all the larger branches, and make them even with the others. And it goes on, says, regards, Stephen. Well, Stephen, I hope you're listening, and I hope you benefit from the answers that I gave you. I'm sure I can speak for all the listeners that I'm happy to hear that cannabis has given you some comfort from a disease that's painful and as discomforting as Crohn's disease. Thank you for your question, Stephen. And we have Darby Rivera, who reached out to me on my website, kylecushman.com, and writes, What's up, man? I'm a brand new listener to your show, but I like how you don't let people lose sight of fighting for personal grows. I live in Oklahoma, and I'm starting my first grow, and I was seeing if you had any tips for a beginner. I have no idea what strain it is, just a lucky seed from some good bud. Well, Darby, first off, I hope you got a female there. Uh, Seeds are usually 50-50, male, female, roughly like that. So one seed, I wish you a lot of luck. Flip a coin. You'll know whether it's a girl or boy. There's plenty of pictures online to help you determine long before you waste too much time. You know, just get yourself a small HID is what I suggest. You can grow with fluorescence. You're going to get a really low minimal yield and slow growth. But if you have just a little bit of money to invest and a space, maybe that's not too hot in an air-conditioned house, you know, where you keep it at a, a cool temperature, you could put a 600-watt HID light in a closet or in a tent in the corner of a bedroom or something, and you'd be pretty good to go. You know, do a lot of reading online for how to keep your plants small, top at the fourth to fifth node, and then as the larger branches, as they overgrow each other by two inches, top them again and keep your plants small. You're going to want to flower at around 12 inches if you're only going to have a 600 or less than 1,000 watts. And that's pretty much a good beginner setup, and you can possibly get yourself, you know, a quarter pound of good, really good medical marijuana. Yeah, so uh, thanks for your letter, Darby, and everybody keeps sending them in. That's going to do it for today. I want to thank my producers at CannabisRadio.com for putting the show together. Remember, my website is KyleCushman.com, and you can find out where to follow me on social media there. Check out where I'll be on the road and learn about everything I'm working on these days. New episodes of The Grow Show are planted every Wednesday at CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Till next time, I'm Kyle Cushman, and as always, please stay on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.